Good morning. Hey, thanks for being here today as we truly have this opportunity and the privilege of coming to our Lord and being able to hear his word today and sing his praises. Uh, Nick and Isa, thanks for that song, The King of Our Hearts, and the rest of the band, of course, too, as we sang that today. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that, the, the Lord being the king of our heart and what that really means. Not just singing it on Sunday, but living it out uh, every day in our life, every minute and every opportunity that we have. Uh, so right now in our church, uh, if you haven't been with us, today is your first week. I know I met a couple people that are first week here with us. Uh, we're in this Growing Legacy for the Gospel series right now. And the series is focusing on all different pillars that are very important for sharing the gospel and for spreading it. And it's something that we're doing to be able to really invest ourselves in. Uh, so today, we're going to look at the fourth pillar, uh, and it's a very special one. So let's begin together. There's a girl who's going home with her parents after kids' time on Sunday morning. She's driving home in the car with mom and dad, and she says, Mom, can I, can I ask you a question? And mom says, sure, yeah, ask me a question. She says, in our kids' time today, we learned that God is bigger than us. Is that true? And her mom said, yeah, yeah, God is bigger than us. Another minute went by, and she said, Dad, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. She said, Dad, today also, in kids' time, we learn that God lives in us. Is that true? And her dad said, yeah, that's true. Another little pause went by. She said, Mom, Dad, if God is bigger than us, and God lives in us, shouldn't he show through us. And that's the truth for all of us here today. And maybe we begin with that. You don't need to answer out loud, but think together with me today. Answer those questions. Do you believe that God is bigger than you? Number two, do you believe that God, through his spirit, lives in you? And so number three, the toughest of all, if God is bigger than you, and as a Christian, if God lives in you, is God in your daily life showing through you? That brings us to our pillar for today about that king of our hearts. Our pillar that we look at is sharing our faith. Are you someone who is known for sharing their faith, both through your words and through your actions? You see, in this time of campaign, in a, a short month from now, we're going to talk about having you make a pledge of lots of different things. We want you to pledge your time to the church and to your community. We want you to pledge your, your talents that you have to the community and to our church. We want you to pledge your treasure that you have. But today, we really want, before we get to any of those things, talk about pledging your testimony, the story that God has given directly to you. Because people in our community need to hear about the love of Jesus. We can build all the buildings we want to, create all the cool things that we want to, but if they don't hear and know about the love of Christ, nothing has happened. We built some neat-looking things that will one day fall down. 
He puts together some cool stuff that people will have experiences at that will one day disappear. But if they have that story of Christ, if they have that love and know of his forgiveness, it goes on eternally. So are we sharing our testimony? In the book of Romans, Paul comes to the church there, just as I come to you today, and he says, the love of Christ is amazing. Jesus does so much for us. Jesus forgives us. Jesus makes us, us perfect. But people out there need to know about that. And so he challenges the people in the church. He says this to them. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? All those different steps, basically going from that first piece, how can somebody call on the name of Jesus and believe in him unless someone has told them about him? Pastor Mark talked to uh, us in his sermon a couple weeks ago and a few weeks before that about that exact thing. He had us raise our hands. How many of you came to church, he said, because of someone who told you about Jesus, somebody who brought you there? And basically all of us said, yeah, we didn't just find this place on our own. Someone brought us to faith. Somebody told us about Jesus. Paul tells the church that same thing. Someone needs to hear about the story of the Lord. Somebody needs to hear your testimony. And I know that word can be difficult. To be able to share my testimony, it sounds scary. But when I say that, let's put it in a more simplistic way. Just share your story. Your testimony is just your, your story. And the good thing is that your story and God's story are intertwined. They're the exact same thing. God has given you a story to be able to share with others around you. You can tell them how you found the church here, the congregation here. You can tell people about how you were brought to faith. You can tell people about how you were praying for somebody one time or somebody was praying for you and how something came about that was this most miraculous time of healing. There are so many stories that you can share with people that are who you are and what you are about, and that story is intertwined with God's story. In our Old Testament text that J.J. read for us today, God comes to Jeremiah and he speaks directly with him. Let's look at that just briefly again today because it really talks about this concept of our story and sharing the word of the Lord. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I anointed you as a prophet to the nations. What a privilege. Can you imagine God coming down to you, the word of the Lord, and being able to touch you and to say these things? You don't have to uh, imagine it. God does come to each one of us as members of his church and say that. There's a beautiful verse after uh, Sanctity of Life Sunday, which was last week, recognizing that all life is super important, not an accident, not a mistake, that all life is at the hands of God that you are, are not a mistake, that you are not even an accident, that you are put here with a purpose and on purpose to be able to share something with people. And truly, it's the love of Christ that you were called to be able to share. God set you apart, made you holy for this purpose. And Jeremiah must be excited, right? I hope you're excited right now. God comes to you and he says these things. Look at Jeremiah's excited response that he has. He says, Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak, and 
I am too young. He doesn't celebrate. He gives God an excuse, right? And we see this over and over again in Scripture. It's not just Jeremiah, and sometimes it's probably us too. Do you have an excuse that looks like this? When you have those moments to be able to share Jesus with somebody around you, you get nervous in some way, and you think to yourself, ah, I'm too young to do this. I don't, have enough, I don't have enough experience. I don't have the right words. I don't know what I would say. Maybe it's on the other side of the coin. I'm too old now. None of those kids are going to listen to me about what I have to be able to say. Uh, maybe it's not that you don't have enough words. I have too many words. I trip over myself. I go on and on. I never get to the point. You can pick any type of excuse you want. But God doesn't let Jeremiah off the hook. He doesn't let us off the hook. He comes back and he gives him that response. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. And again, for us, I am too old. Don't say any of those things. You must go to everyone I send to you and say whatever I have commanded you. Do not be afraid of them. I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. I love that. And the scripture tells us so directly, always be prepared to give an answer for the faith that you have, for the things that you believe. And I know I, I am no different than you. There's times when uh, it, can be, it can be scary to share our faith. You can, get, you can get nervous to share your faith. You start thinking about all those excuses that are in the back of, of your mind. But then you've got to hear these words. I will be there with you. I will rescue you. Remember that big God that's in us, that's here with us all the time. He will be there when we are sharing Christ with people who are around us. Don't worry about your age. Don't worry about your experience. Even when Paul, when he's writing to that church, he doesn't go into this long theological description of who God is. He isn't debating people in that moment, other religious leaders. He's just telling people about Jesus, about his story, about what God did for him. And you can do the exact same thing. Tell people about who Christ is and what he has come to be able to do for them. When I was in high school, I worked at this pizza restaurant in Mission Viejo, California. And on Saturdays, uh, we would cater to all the uh, soccer teams, all the youth soccer teams in the area. And so beginning early on, all the way through the whole night, hundreds and hundreds of kids coming through our doors and thousands and thousands of pieces of pizza going, going out our doors. And with all that pizza and all those kids came the biggest amount of trash you have ever seen in your life. So much trash. Now I'm going to show you a picture of it. Let's just focus on the nice pizza. So much, so much trash. We would just have cans lined up, and they would get filled up so quickly, and we'd have to take them out over and over and over again. And one night, toward the end of the evening, uh, we have these four cans light up in front, and I see this young man over there staring into the trash can, and he's uh, kind of picking out uh, one plate at a time and putting it in the next trash can, and then picking up a cup and putting it over, and so I walked over to him, and I said, you know, is everything okay? Do you need something? He said, I think I threw away my retainer. <laughs> and there's trash cans everywhere. And so he looked for a little while longer, and then he left. And a few moments went by, and he came back. And this time his mom's with him. And she comes over, 
she starts going through that trash a little bit different than him. She is digging in that trash can. It doesn't matter if it's pieces of leftover pizza, sticky cups of soda, those greasy plates. She's getting all the way down in there. People are watching her, and they're looking at her, and she finally reaches all the way down to the bottom and pulls that thing out. And the boy says, Mom, how did you, how did you find that? She said, we were looking for two different things. You were looking for a piece of plastic, and I was looking for $500. <laughs> Isn't that the, the truth? When we, we look at things, we need to have the, the right perspective. The right perspective. And you can look at our world and say, ah, oh, that is such a, a sticky, gross, trashy mess. And I'm not going to shade around it. It is. Our world is not good. It is in, it is in bad shape. We are in a, a trash heap here in a lot of different ways. But even in the midst of that, there is still value. And we need to look out in the world and see those people that live in that world with us and know that, and not go through picking so we can stay clean, so we're not embarrassed. We got to jump in. We got to jump in and seek those people out and, and go after them in every way, because this is what Christ shows us that we are called to do. That's what Jesus does. Just as that mom left her dinner that night to be able to come through and dig through her kids' trash, Jesus leaves the, the banquet table of heaven to be able to come to this messy earth to be able to seek and save that which is lost all the way down in the bottom and he does that for you he does it for me and he does it for all those people that are out in the world too but they need to hear about that they need to to know about that the story of jeremiah continues then the lord reached out his hand and he touched my mouth and he said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over the nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Note, this is such an exciting piece of, of scripture, this privilege that God gives to Jeremiah and his church, because again, he gives this to us. This is what this campaign is all about, to be able to build, to be able to plant. Not just build buildings, to be able to build faith. Not to plant new cool trees and landscaping outside, but to plant the seed of the gospel in people's hearts. That's what we are called to do. And Jeremiah looks at that, and he has those excuses, and you do too. And guess what? You're probably going to have them again. And that's why we need to remember when we have those opportunities to be able to build, to be able to plant, you need to take that opportunity. You have to share whatever your story is with people around you because it makes an eternal significance. And you'll be a little fearful at first. Maybe every time you'll be fearful. But don't worry about it because you have to remember it's not about me. It's all about God. It's true for our life. It's true for our mission. It's not about me. It's all about God. Say that with me this morning. It's not about me. It's all about God. Yeah. Because even at that couple of verses we just looked at, it tells us to be able to build, to be able to plant. Sure, we are called to be able to do those things, but don't miss the first part of that verse where God does 
all the work. Same verses, different highlighted words. This is where we see it in a different light. It's God who reached out to our world and to you. It's God who touched the lips of Jeremiah and touches our hearts. It's God who said that he was going to put him over these things and us over these responsibilities. It is God who put Jeremiah in that place and puts us here at Desert Foothills today. It is God who appoints our congregation to be able to build and to be able to plant. It's not about me. It's all about God. True story. Two boys, they're in sixth and fourth grade. Every day, mom and dad drop them off at school before they go on their day. And on this particular day, it's the fourth grader's birthday. Unfortunately, the fourth grader had broken his leg about two weeks beforehand. Uh, He's in crutches on his birthday, and he's brought cupcakes for his entire class to be able to share and celebrate his birthday. So he's getting out of the car. Obviously, he's on crutches. He can't hold his cupcakes. And so his mother says to the sixth grader, hey, would you please carry in the cupcakes for your brother today? And the son said, well, I could, but I'd rather not. So the father, seeing a little teaching moment here with his sons, said to his sixth grader, you know, what would Jesus do? And the sixth grader told him, well, Jesus would heal him so he could carry his own cupcakes. <laughs> and you know, wouldn't that, be the, wouldn't that be the best? Jesus, why don't you just show up today and heal all these people living in this trash mound, and then we won't have to do it. That would be so easy. Jesus, just show up and do this. But the thing is, he already has. We may think that, God, why don't you just show up and teach people about the gospel? You share them this message of faith. But he already has. We heard about it in our New Testament, our gospel lesson that we heard for today. Look at this briefly with me this morning. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. He's trying to get away from all the people that are following him. Not because he doesn't love them, because he's tired. The people were looking for him, and when they came to him where he was, They tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. You see, Jesus does come to this earth. He doesn't just ask us to do something he hasn't already done himself. He could have stayed in that first town. He could have stayed anywhere he wanted to, and he could have lived like a king. People would have literally worshipped him for the rest of his earthly life. He would have had it so easy. Never would have had to go through any of that whipping stuff, any of that beating stuff, any of that mocking stuff, especially not that crucifixion stuff. But he does. All because he sees you and he wants to be able to rescue you. He wants to be able to save you. And that's the good news that he proclaims today. And it's the good news that he gives to all of us. So as we leave here today, think about this. Meditate upon this. And live this, that you are a part of that legacy to be able to grow and to be able to plant. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for 
sending your one and only son to this earth to be able to be here, not just with us, but to be able to tell us, I know exactly what it's like to be able to walk that life, to be able to uh, strengthen us, to be able to give us peace, and to be able to continue to lift us up. And so, Lord, as we take steps uh, over the next several months and years ahead, we ask that you will just continue to guide us, that your mission will always be number one, uh, that every time you provide that opportunity, no matter what it looks like, to be able to share your son with others, uh, that we will take full advantage of that and that we will be excited about it for the privilege that you have given to us in Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.